Motor Mouths, Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Oh yeah, welcome here on the Motor Mouths. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And yes, we are the Motor Mouths on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Uh, We'll start out by letting you know how to reach out to us. Rick's powder coating text line is always open. It never closes. 901-683-0989-683-0989. Of course, social media, we're all over the place there, too. You can find us on themotormouths.com. We're on Facebook at themotormouths989. You can find all our past episodes on Spotify. Just look up The Motor Mouths. And, of course, I'm on Twitter at Bud Motormouth. At I am Ditch For myself on Twitter, we got a lot to talk about today. Some follow-up. On a story that we did last week, we had uh, Motormouth listener Paul on, who also has experience with uh, customs and uh, border security. And we talked about these Roro ships that haul cars and other things where they can roll the freight on and off of them. And there was a ship out in the Atlantic Ocean full of uh, custom Porsche and some other cars, some other brands, some Lamborghinis. Some 6,000 cars on that thing. Some Bentleys, some Volkswagens, and that thing was abandoned. It was uh, abandoned ship. And, uh, of course, the company, Volkswagen, that had all those cars shipped, wanted some follow-up, not from us, but from authorities to say, hey, is that thing okay? That thing is full of cars. And so... Some, uh, I think we did the math. would be somewhere around like $400 million worth of cars, and that's probably that's probably understating it. The, a lot of these cars were custom, especially the Porsches. But, again, there's Bentleys. There was a Lamborghinis on this thing. And uh, Volkswagen paid to have a, a salvage company board the ship to do some investigation as it continues to uh, wander out in the Atlantic Ocean. We have a follow-up to all of that. We will share with you a little bit later on. We have car shows to talk about. It is getting that season, so we're going to talk about some car shows. There's a there's a pretty big one here in the mid south that's uh, going on this weekend. We will talk about that and talk about one of the uh, talk with one of the organizers of the uh, World of Customs Auto Show here in a few minutes on the Motor Mouths. Also. It's been in the news more lately. It's because of the design of these new license plates that Tennessee has issued. There's 450,000 of them so far on cars around the streets and the byways and highways of Tennessee. It's a dark blue background, and the lettering is in white. And cameras, at least the civilian-grade cameras, are having a hard time reading these plates. Uh, Now, neighborhoods in places like Collierville say, hey, you know, our security cameras, when we're trying to uh, see who's who and who's driving around our neighborhood. Our cameras are uh, having a hard time reading these plates. And I'm thinking to myself, there's a couple of questions I have on that. Uh, it's a public street. Now, I understand if it's a subdivision and there is no trespassing signs on the streets, I guess. But is the – I just thought about this, bud. The the Homeowners Association, do they have a right to know who's, who's who driving around on the streets? Uh I don't know. I avoid homeowners associations, well, to be I'm, honest. I'm just, I'm just because I'm of questions like question that. Out there because the homeowners association that did pay for the money for the for the cameras for the security cameras on the poles, which we see all over the mid south, uh, they say that they're having a hard time reading the license plates of the cars. Now that doesn't mean that that they themselves are going to read the license plates and then find out that you know, hey, your bud, this is where you live. Find out where all your cars registered from. Anybody can do that. Uh, but it's it's just interesting. It's a security issue, and we're going to talk with a former, uh, he's a retired uh, traffic sergeant here in Memphis, uh, who give, maybe give us a little bit of insight on LPRs, that's license plate readers, red light cameras, and Bud's got a, a funny story that's taken the the red light cameras to a whole new level that you're going to share. Yeah, with. I didn't see this thing coming, man. Now, 
Before we get to all that, I know that people are wondering, I know I am, what is the news? Start out with this Grand Cherokee that Bud bought. We've been telling you about this since you bought it. You bought it knowing that third gear in the transmission was bad. Right. You thought that it was... The transmission solenoid. The solenoid. That was the... I was, I was like 80% confident that was going to fix it. Everything I read on the forums and based on what I read with the... Um, you know, I have my trouble code reader. That was, that was the likely solution, but it turned out not to be. So you tried, you replaced it, you took it in, uh, you took the transmission, what you had to apart to get that solenoid in there. Eight quarts of, of fluid. Mm -hmm. All of that. Uh, and to find out, no, nope, it's not the solenoid. That's you solenoid, were bummed so. out. It was like, wah, wah, yeah. wah, well, wah. I was debating if I was just going to sell it as is, but I've decided I'm going to keep this thing. I'm arranging to have the transmission dealt with, and I've already started kind of shopping on Amazon for all my new accessories and oh, upgrades. So see, Bud's decided. And I'm all, over, I'm all over rough country looking for the uh, the lift kit for it. So Bud has decided he's going to take the hit instead of, are you going to flip it or are you going to keep it? You're going to just, you're gonna... I'm going to make it cool first and then okay. I'll decide if I'm going <laughs> to flip it. I don't know. See, this is the, this is the problem with flipping cars as a car guy is you buy it and think, okay, I'll use my knowledge and know-how to get it back on the road, and then I'll sell it and make a little bit of profit. But then you fall in love with the car, and that's kind of what's happened to me with this Jeep because I love Jeeps. So now I have I have three, and I, 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 I'm stopping there, I promise. So uh, it's interesting. It's interesting because, uh, you know, I was warning Bud about, you know, if, if it's just the transmission, that's fine, but you're going to find other things that are wrong with it. And, yeah, you're, you're finding a few things, some cosmetic stuff and some small things that you kind of know going into any kind of project that you're going to have to deal with. But uh, we're going to follow the progress of Bud's uh, uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee. And uh, as he's decided now, he's going to keep it. I, next week, you may come in here and say, dude, I'm done with this thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm thinking about reaching out to some off-roading clubs. You know, there's actually some pretty good, uh, like, trails and stuff to go mudding and doing stuff like that around here. I never got to get into that because we didn't have that much up in Chicago. Oh, uh, yeah, go to the river bottoms. I, uh, here's the thing. Um, there, to me, there's nothing uh, more hideous than a lifted Grand Cherokee. Really? I've seen, I saw one yesterday on the road. I thought, this looks ridiculous. They look ridiculous if they're not off-road, you know? Yeah. Well, that's true. If, if Mall it is, crawlers, man. If, if you're, if you're going to take it to the river bottoms, the Covington Pike river bottoms, that's that's fine. But if, if you're just going to drive around and look cool uh, with uh, uh, lifts on it, it's, it looks I don't have ridiculous. a four-door Wrangler, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are the Motor Mouse, and we're coming back here uh, in just a couple of minutes. We're going to talk about Auto Show. There's a big one in the Mid-South coming up next here on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Mouse. Yes, welcome back to the Motor Mouths on News Talk 98.9. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Mouths. Encourage you to reach out to us, questions, comments, and get involved in everything that is automotive, cars, and we love to hear from you on our Rick's Powder Coating text line. That is 683-0989. That's 901-683-0989. Also on social media. Of course, you can find us on themotormouths.com. You can also find the old episodes on Spotify. Just search up The Motor Mouths. You can also find us on Facebook at MotorMouths989. And, of course, I'm on Twitter at BudMotorMouth. And uh, we love to hear about your car shows. And, you know, we're getting in that season where uh, car shows, whether it's just cars and coffee on a weekend, Give us a holler or let us know, and we will certainly talk about it, and we'd love to come out to your shows as well. Yeah, this is awesome, man. This car show season starts in February down here. Yes, you know, Up in Chicago, I'd have to wait till May to get to a car show, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so. That's right, man. We've got a big one in uh, Tupelo this weekend going on this weekend, as a matter of fact. The World of Customs Auto Show, and on the phone with us here on the Motor Mouths phone is Christy. How you doing this morning, Christy? 
I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. We're, uh, excellent. We're, we're, we're doing really good. We appreciate you taking a couple of minutes because I know things are really busy for you there at the World of Customs Auto Show. Uh, tell everybody a little bit of quick details about the show, where it is, cost to get in, and just a couple of the highlights of what's going on at the World of Customs today. Okay, we are a um, ISEA-sanctioned car show event and uh, what is that international show car. And there are circuit that these cars go on. It's a lot like NASCAR. They travel the circuit and get points. And um, so they come to our show to get points for the grand finale. And these cars come from all over the United States. We got some here from California. We've got some from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Texas, uh, and all over the United States. And this is a awesome car show. I mean, and we do have our local drivers here, too. They set up, and we have vendors that's uh, selling different things. I mean, some things for the ladies, you know, we got to take care of the ladies. And um, it's just a really good show. Let's face it, Christy, behind every man in his uh, his collector car is a good lady who, uh, who makes sure that everything looks good and uh, runs good, right? That is exactly right. And I tell you what, these ladies are really into these cars. Every one of these ISCA cars and a lot of the local cars, you'll see the women out there on their hands and knees shining and polishing and, and make sure everything is just perfect. But when the doors open to the customers, they come in and they get their money's worth. It now, is great. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, these are uh, the ISCA uh, car sh- uh, show cars. Uh, so it's a, it's a network. It's a circuit. It's uh, it's important to know that these things, m- most of these cars don't usually see the streets. Uh, they're beautiful, beautiful cars that are really for show. Exactly. Exactly. They're, they're trailered in and pushed off the trailer or out of the trailer. I mean, it's an enclosed trailer. And, and then when they get ready to leave, they push them back on and they take up their displays. I mean, the displays are just incredible. I mean, lights, just uh, videos of, of the background on the cars, how they where they started from and how they got to where they're at now. I mean, it is incredible the stories behind all these cars. I mean, it, it's just amazing to hear them. I mean, some of them, you, you just get so excited. And of course, some of them is, is really heartfelt because it was a family members and they either passed away or passed it on to them. And it's just interesting to hear the stories behind them. Well, that's something that Jay Leno always talks about is like, you're not just, when you, when you buy a classic car, you're not just buying the car, you're buying the story the that story. comes with it. And that's usually what'll get him uh, interested in buying it. It's it's funny you mention um, the women getting involved because uh, I knew a guy. He had a he had a massive car collection. His name was Ed Schoenthaler, and uh, he had this like forty car collection. And his wife had an outfit that matched that would match each car. Really? So whatever car he was bringing to the show, she would wear an outfit that the colors were like spot on. Oh wow! And he had like uh, he had oh, a bunch of pictures. <laughs> he had a bunch of pictures of her next to the car with her her outfit. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, that is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and we've also got a car that um, was made for a Make-A-Wish. Oh, cool! And really? it's gonna be it's gonna be unveiled today at five o'clock. Well, yeah, it's today okay. at five o'clock, and uh, given to the child that uh, really wanted this done, but he don't know that it's being done. Oh, that's awesome! That's We're gonna have to follow story. up on that story. I got to hear what happens with that one. And then, uh, as far as uh, uh, tomorrow, what's the what's the hours if folks want to get out there and check out the show? Okay, we uh, 
open to the public at 10 a.m. tomorrow, and we close at 5 after okay. the awards. Awesome. And there is a lot of, uh, like you said, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in these cars. Uh, not just, uh, you know, not, not just the stories behind them, but to, uh, you know, to keep them on the road, to keep them looking as good as they do. There's a lot of work, and these are beautiful, beautiful pieces of art, that's for sure. The, uh, the World of Customs Auto Show, it's going on in Tupelo. you got the rest of today, and then, uh, as Christy said, uh, tomorrow will be your last day to see some of these beautiful cars. Um, and this is part of the circuit. This is the, the, there's, a, there's also a reason for these cars to be in Tupelo. These guys and uh, gals are trying to earn points on the ISCA circuit uh, so they can eventually uh, have the, uh, the big trophy. And uh, we appreciate your time with us today on the Motor Miles, Christy. Well, thank you for contacting us, and I I love to talk about these car shows and and different events. So y'all come out and see us, and we'll we'll treat you right. All right, that's the World of Customs Auto Show. It's today and tomorrow in Tupelo at the Tupelo Furniture Market, and uh, five bucks for kids uh, and adults are fifteen bucks. And again, that's a uh, ISCA car show. That's a sanctioned by ISCA for uh, points. So those are some those are the big dogs there in Tupelo this weekend. Car yeah, shows, competitive buddy. competitive car shows, man. Competitive Com- car shows. Car yeah. shows in February, dude. I should have moved down here ages ago. <laughs> Seri- seriously, man. Like, and we you got. Would, I would think there'd be more car shows in Chicago in the wintertime. The you indoor get, car shows. You get the auto show. Yeah. In fe- uh, it's in February at the you know at the at the convention center, but that's and that Chicago new- Auto Show is a big one. It is that's that one in the Detroit and yeah. like in LA. I think are the, like the big ones. But again, that's all new cars. Um, although we did get to put our 1930 Packard in that show. They always had kind of a little corner for classics, and um, my uncle Ted's 1930 Packard was done being restored, and um, the. Um, the Classic Car Club of America um, picked that one and, like, six others to oh, put in the sweet. show. I've, I'll post those pictures. That was one of the best days ever, man. Um, you know, when you, go to the, when you go to these shows, too, I got to tell you, you know, you don't just go and look at the car and go, that's neat, take a picture and leave. Talk to the drivers. They've always got good stories. As we always say, every car has a story. And that's where you get the story is at these car shows. And you ask them, you know, where did it come from? Uh, wh- where did it, you know, how did it get, re- you know, what was the restoration process and all that? A lot of guys, too, some of my favorite cars are when you go up and they've got the flip book, the photo album the of the restoration process. When we had uh, when we had Henry McCurdy on, he always has this big banner he puts in front of that uh, that 37 Dodge he rebuilt. Mm-hmm. And it's got all the, like, all the pictures of the process and everything. I love that stuff. It's important for these guys to be able to tell the story of their cars, man. They, they, they go out on the road with these cars. They travel with them. They take them, whether it is just a, a local show that they've drove, uh, dr- driven the car to or whether they trailered it. And uh, something bigger like this show in Tupelo, the guys and the girls behind these cars love to tell the stories about them. That is what's so significant about car shows. Memphis International Raceway has the Memphis uh, Chevy Show, formerly known as the Super Chevy Show, but now it's the 35th annual Memphis Chevy Show. That's on April 24th, uh, 22nd through the 24th. And not only is that a Chevy enthusiast car show, everything that is Chevy and generally General Motors, but primarily Chevy, it's also a, a swap meet. So what's cool about that is you get these guys. I mean, if you've ever been to a flea market, these dudes who roll up with just boxes of what appears to some people as junk 
is someone else's treasure. There was, I got to tell you, something that was so funny when I went to this thing last year was uh, I noticed there was a couple of guys that had trailers filled with intake manifolds. And I was like, why, why, would, they, why, why, would, they? why would they have those? And then I walk around the show, and there's a, there's a, a blower on every, every single yep. car. I'm like, well, oh, that's, yeah. where all those, that's where all those intake manifolds came from. And that's, <laughs> the, whole, that's, that's the whole side show to the Super Chevy or the Memphis Chevy show uh, is the, 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 the swap meet. So if you got stuff that you want to or that you need, special parts, that's a lot of times these are the places to get it. Or you talk to these old guys and you network with them and you yeah. say, listen, I don't have that. I don't have that specific grill for that model that you're looking for, but I bet you I can find it. Give me your number and next week when I get home, I'll look around and maybe I can find it for you. That's the other significant thing about it. So, uh, yeah, you know, network with those guys and absolutely <laughs> like that's if, if they can't find it. And, and also a lot of these guys have websites too. So talk to them, get the info, get their business card, man. That's what they're for. Yep. Here we go. Get gearing up for shows, man. The Memphis Chevy Show, April 22nd through the 24th. That's the same weekend as the Memphis International Auto Show, which, again, isn't as big as the one in Chicago, but, you know, you might want to make some time to check that out. If you're interested in the new cars, I'm sure it's mostly going to be and the new stuff one, coming out. They're probably going to have some of the EVs up there. That one is downtown at the convention center, and I'm imagining that they scheduled that around the Chevy Show because they realized there's going to be a lot of car enthusiasts in the area. Yeah. So we might as well have uh, the auto show downtown as well. And then there's the Memphis Auto Expo in March. That's the 19th and the 20th. That one's going on. I have to dig into what that one's all about, but I'm a, I'll check that out as well. Uh, and, you know, a big thing, like you said, Bud, you brought up the uh, the EVs. That's that's the new thing. And I, and I can't imagine that um, the EV market is going to, with the gas prices going up the way they are, and especially with everything that's going on now in the world, uh, there's going to be an even bigger push for electric vehicles. And then these car shows are going to be full of EVs. That's like the new thing. Yeah. The one thing I always want to bring up with EVs is everyone wants to talk about how, you know, how, what's the range? What's the range? And it's like, do you need 400 miles a day? I, I, I need maybe 50 at most between my opportunity to charge it. They're, they're not road trip vehicles necessarily. And again, I've said it before. I think we're going to see a, a lot of uh, a period of time where a lot of folks have like one electric vehicle in the house and then one gas powered car. But with uh, even the road trip might start to fall by the wayside because it's just not um, not it's not the primary reason you're buying the car anymore well, on the road if, it, if trip, it's a commuter you know you're right you have a road trip car and you have a city car you have a car you drive around the, the ev car is the one that's going to get you around town on the road trip 100 if, miles a day would suit like what most of the most, population yeah so uh and not so fast on the evs there are some issues with them that they have to work out and we're going to yeah, talk a little bit more about that and what has been discovered uh, uh a little bit later in a follow-up story that we did last week here on the motor mouse that's coming up also uh, want to talk about uh, red light cameras. And uh, they're not being used just for red lights anymore? Yeah, I got a funny story for you out of New York, man. Oh, this ought to be good. It's all coming up here on the Motor Mouths. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Mouths on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. More fun than launching a neutral drop in mom's faded teal Toyota Camry. The Motor Mouths. Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. And welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to the Motor Mouths this week. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And yes, we are the Motor Mouths. Well, some things that we're going to uh, talk about this week uh, that came up earlier this week that we want to talk about today, and we want to bring 
into the show once again, retired traffic sergeant Richard Jewell with us. Uh, uh, Bud has an interesting story out of New York that relates to some of our red light camera stories. And uh, we want to welcome you in, uh, uh, Sergeant. Thanks for uh, listening and uh, joining us once again this week on the Motor Mouse. How you doing, man? Certainly. Oh, like I'm Padres. I'm, I'm great, man. But so. Yeah, we appreciate mm-hmm. it, man. All right. So I actually came across this article, something goofy going on in New York. They're giving, they're levying an $875 fine if your car is too loud and they're doing it through the red light traffic cameras. So they actually put microphones on these things now. And if your muffler is too loud um, and has excessive noise, they will, um, they will like just issue you a ticket. Like through the camera. So not just if you're going through the red light, but they'll take a picture of your license plate and they'll send you a ticket for being too loud now. That's taking Big Brother to a whole new level. How yeah. often how often do these these cameras work? I mean, now they're now they're not only are they taking pictures of us, but uh, now in New York they're they're using it for audible for DBs. Noise you, ordinance. Yeah, noise ordinances. That seems a little crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't know they had that capability. Um that's a new one on me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we have city ordinances that uh, relate to noisy mufflers, loud mufflers, um, and that you know you could pull somebody over for and, and issue them a city ordinance. So if they're it, a lot of sometimes, I'm, I mean, I've, I've actually done it before. I mean, uh, somebody's had no muffler, and it, it just sounds like they have an um, an engine with no uh, exhaust on the thing, and I'll pull <laughs> yeah. them over, and I've issued them. You know, I mean, it's so loud, it puts your ears out. I mean, yeah. I've actually had that happen several times, but, but I've actually issued that. But, uh, but, but, I mean, you know, that's that was me as a person being a, you know, an astute officer. It wasn't, an, it wasn't um, uh, you know, an uh, a LPR, license plate reader. <laughs> so right, you know. that, the other thing is uh, with Memphis, there's a lot of loud cars, there, but these are aftermarket pipes. And, that you know, the, you're talking about somebody who's got a beater with it, goes right from the exhaust manifold out the, you know, just out and it's exactly. just really loud. So yeah, there's um, good yeah. loud and there's bad loud. Yeah, I know in the motorcycle world, <laughs> we say, you know, you want to have loud, uh, loud mufflers because you want them to hear you coming because the most people driving in a car aren't going to mm-hmm. see you. They're not paying attention enough to see on a motorcycle, so you want to be able to hear them. Um, but yeah. you know this yeah. uh, the, these traffic light cameras. I know that in in Tennessee, uh, you know Andy Holt, a representative I think from Eastern Tennessee, basically uh, he says you don't pay the tickets. I mean he encourages in an interview he did. He said if you receive a photo enforcement citation of any type from any town in the state of Tennessee, you do not have to pay it. And I would encourage you not to pay it. He said, if you look at those citations, they are run according to the law here in the state of Tennessee. And it clearly says non-payment of this citation cannot adversely affect your credit report, credit score, or driver's license points, or automobile insurance. So what's the purpose of even doing it? Some people are going to, you know, some people are going to pay. So they're going to generate some revenue. Do those do those cameras, do you think those uh, cameras work to deter speeding? I do. I do. And you know what? They also cause accidents. <laughs> Because the panic uh, breaking, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Some people, they're so afraid of getting a ticket, they slam their brakes on at the last second, and, and somebody ends up rear-ending them. So, I mean, I, they, there's good and bad that goes with those with those, you know, red light cameras. Um, so the other question yeah. I, I got for you, uh, we're talking with uh, retired Sergeant Richard Jewell, and uh, in all the years that you were uh, out cruising around, how often do you use the LPRs, the license plate readers, and what kind of a tool are those utilized for with policing? Yeah, uh, well, before we had, before license plate readers, we actually would, uh, at the precinct level, we would check out a computer, a laptop, and we'd situate it in our car, and we'd have to actually run those, you know, every tag manually. But then the license plate reader came out, and it, uh, you know, ran the tags for you uh, in, at MPD. So 
they don't have too many officers to designate to an LPR car when they have, you know, a shortage of personnel and therefore, uh, you know, the need to respond to calls for service. So um, there's you. not that much traffic enforcement going on, to my knowledge. Um, well, right that, that's and that is a big problem. That's one of the other big problems that we have in Memphis. Mm-hmm. But the the no the the most recent and this was one of the reasons why we wanted to call you and see you know get some input mm-hmm. from you and just some knowledge from you on these things is the new license plates that are on people's cars in Tennessee. There's about half a million of them now actually on the streets. These dark blue background with the white lettering and uh, you know some mm-hmm. of the municipalities are saying, listen, our 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 cameras are not able to read these, and I'm thinking, yeah. well. You usually got to pay extra for something like that. Get the spray that well, they used to be able to get. <laughs> I started thinking about, well, you know, there's other ways that you can blur cameras. Like, I've heard of people buying these fil- these film covers that they yep. can put over. It's kind of like that uh, privacy film that you put over your laptop um, oh. so so that somebody at a, at a certain angle can't see your, you know, your, what your, what's on your laptop. Okay. It kind of works that way. The red light camera won't pick it up, and the LPR probably won't pick it up. But it's, it's, it's also illegal because it's actually uh you know you're actually essentially uh making your tag unreadable and to uh you know electronic devices and uh therefore and it's it's, uh, you can probably get yeah. probably probably get a ticket yeah and you're supposed to not cover your license with anything right right unless it's an absolutely clear film uh, or clear plastic uh, but if it's got that you know it's got that um opaqueness uh that uh, won't reveal mm-hmm. um the, the 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 numbers or the letters underneath it at certain angles, you, you could probably get pulled over and get a ticket for that. If somebody, if an astute officer recognized that. Uh, all right. Now listen. There's there's one more. I clear. recommend it. What? Well, well, yeah. One. More. We're not recommending. We're not. We're not Definitely sanctioning not. any. We're not. Uh, we're not. Uh, <laughs> if uh, I if uh, I understand correctly, that's a federal crime. Like yeah. that's not that's nothing well, small. I've I've seen I've seen people mm. building these things on uh, like on TikTok where they'll flip your license up like upside down. Like it'll it'll actually flip it over so no one can see it. And wow. I'm like that has got to be like five kinds of illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here, wow. Here's the other thing, and I think I know the answer to this. You kind of tipped on a little bit. It's it's a manpower issue because, listen, mm-hmm. uh, Richard, man, there are so many beaters driving in this city. I, I, they, these cars, are they're, they're not legal, man. Uh, you don't even have to go to an automotive inspection station, which are closed now, to know that if you have no taillights, it's not legal. You have to have the basic things on a car for safety. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to meet all your federal guidelines, state and local guidelines, um, you know, for uh, traffic safety uh, hardware on your vehicle. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it's, and you um, see these cars driving around Memphis that are just beat up. These people get in these wrecks. They either collect insurance if they have it, uh, and then they just drive the car around with stuff zip-tied and, and duct-taped together. And it's amazing that the car can even get around town. I'm like, why are these, why is this garbage allowed on the streets, man? Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't believe the number of accidents that happen because of bald tires. Oh, People dang. don't keep up with their tires or their brakes. You know, I mean, they just there's just, a you know, a thousand things you can do to make your car safer, uh, and people don't do it. I mean, I don't know if it's, you know, economic reasons or lazy, oh. but... Uh, 
I'm so yeah. glad you brought up tires. I used to work at a tire shop, and the number of people who are like, where I tell them, like, hey, your tires are bald, you're risking an accident, I'm, I'll drive it a little longer. Or do you guys sell used <laughs> tires? I'm like, yeah. are you are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> just, that, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm strict about my tires. As soon as they get close, I, ro- I rotate them every, uh, every interval, usually yeah. every 4,500 miles, and, like, that's, that, that is such a big deal, especially with all the rain. These roads get slick. You guys, you mm-hmm. don't want to see my tires right now. One of them, the steel belts is on the inside, is starting to come out on, on the, the wear on the inside so i, I have seen your tires i'm too I, nice I, to say anything I, I changed the uh i changed the alignment a little bit myself to try to even the wear yeah i wanted to share a story with you if you got a second about sure. joel rifkin okay well it wasn't a license plate reader that got him but it was uh, an astute trooper who saw his license plate uh this guy is uh this guy is from northeast and he he a serial killer. He killed 17 women. Oh. Uh, Joel Ripken. Yeah. And uh, an astute uh, trooper was behind his uh, pickup truck, his Toyota pickup truck, um, and saw his license plate hanging by one screw. And uh, it just so happened Joel Ripken had a 17th body in the back of the pickup truck and was trying to ditch the body. And uh, the, the license plate actually fell off with the trooper behind him. So the trooper instigated his blue lights and sirens and of course, Joe Rifkin took off. Uh, later, he said, Joe Rifkin said that he tried to make it to, he was going to try to make it to a lake and crash the car in the lake and swim away from the body in the car. And uh, so, I mean, it, it, traffic enforcement is very important. You never, and it, like I said, there's no routine traffic stop. Um, you don't know what you're getting into on a traffic stop, but it's so important because you can get criminals off the street, uh, whether it's uh, people with child pornography in the car, uh, whether it's people with drugs in the car or, you know, uh, uh, drug violations. Right. You know, um, that, that does bring something, if I could interject. That does bring something up. You know, I yeah. think about you get you get people where they're like, they always are so confused and baffled why they, they haven't even spoken to the officer yet. And he's already very like, like, like uh, anxious, standoffish, you know, uh, and um, what do you call defensive? it? Cause defensive. Because he, yeah, he, he doesn't know, know what, what you're walking, walking into. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's something that's something yeah. you have to consider. I remember once I had when I got pulled over because I was speeding, um, <laughs> the uh, officer asked me <laughs> to roll down my back windows because they were tinted and it was just making them a little uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, it's no problem. You know, I, I was I was confused by it. And it wasn't until like later when I when I spoke to some officers and they say like, yeah, you don't know what you're walking into every time you pull someone over. You know, you got to always be you know, on your heels, you know, ready, ready for anything. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, so if you pull someone over, it, I imagine it sets you at ease. You roll down all the windows and turn the dome lights on. That's probably a good, a good way to start the interaction. Both hands on the wheels. So yeah. You, so you can see them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you know, when somebody's been in California that you pull over and, and every, all four people in the car put their hands on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, uh, MPD, uh, you're retired. You've been on the road for a long time and uh, hope you're enjoying your retirement. We uh, we hope you enjoy your time with us here on the Motor Miles. We always appreciate your input, man. Thank you. Well, let me, let me give my little disclaimer. Uh, my, my views and opinions are solely those of my own and not shared by city government or uh, MPD personnel or MPD administration. We'll, we'll talk to you again, man. We'll we'll uh, reach out for more expertise from you. We appreciate it, and uh, and be safe Thank out there, you, man. man. All right, thanks, brother. Coming up next, there is a recall. If you're in one of these muscle cars from 2015 to 2017, we're going to tell you about the recall. Actually, we're going to have a little discussion about recalls because I've been driving around in year for years with a recall on my truck. And uh, and how, how when should you determine the seriousness of it? And uh, we'll talk about that here coming up. Recalls car shows we'll talk about as well there's a follow-up to that ship that we discussed last week on the motor miles full of porsches and volkswagens that thing has been on fire for a week yeah
And, and we, it's still going. Yeah, it's still going. We got an update. They found out what is the cause of the fire, at least what they think is the cause of the fire. So uh, keep it right here on the Motor Miles. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Miles on News Talk 98.9, the Roar of Memphis. Yes, welcome back. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Miles. Uh, a story that uh, before we uh, get on here, we have to kind of do a, a follow-up to this that we talked about last week. We had Paul on talking about the Roro, which is a roll-on, roll-off uh, cargo ship. And this thing is massive, holding currently 4,000 cars on board. And as of two days ago, this thing was still on fire. So it's been burning in the Atlantic Ocean a week ago Wednesday. So it's 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 well into a full week of being ablaze in the Atlantic Ocean. Meanwhile, there are thousands of cars on this ship, as we said, and Volkswagen is the parent company of all of the cars on there. These are cars everywhere from Bentleys to Lamborghinis. There's over a thousand custom Porsches on this thing, a bunch of Volkswagen Golfs, the GTI, the Golf R, the ID4 from Europe. And uh, listen, they say that the car most affected on this ship after they've uh, after they've been on there, the, the, the one that suffered the most damage is the Porsches. Oh, yeah. And so an update is... As a spokesperson for the salvage crew that was hired to get on this ship uh, has confirmed that the fire is still burning. Again, this was two days ago. And they, they had confirmed that they said it appears that the fire started and the cars that are burning are the EV cars. And they yeah, think the, that it originated from the batteries. Yeah, those batteries contain a ton of energy. Like, the lithium-ion batteries burn hot, too. But and it, is that it, something that once it catches, you just got to let it burn itself out? I imagine so. You know, like, I, I've never dealt with it, thankfully, knock on wood. But, yeah, um, yeah it, it seems to me if those things are burning, they're going to keep burning. Well, this is this is something for the, to be looked at in the future. These cars were sitting on a cargo ship that was rolling across the ocean. How in the hell did they catch fire? Right. I mean, that's the big question. The Felicity Ace is the name of the cargo ship, and uh, we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep a, we'll keep keep an eye on this. What one do you, what do you sure. think? You think they're going to save any of the cars? Uh, would you want one of these? I mean, we've all heard of flood cars. How about burn cars? Uh, uh, smoke damage. Smoke at most. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I drive. I drive a Porsche if it smelled a little bit like smoke. As long as <laughs> I'm not going to complain. Work. Of course, uh, you know. Again, just replace the battery. But uh, so that's something you got to. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye out on. Uh, that ship is in the Atlantic Ocean, and they. Here's the other quick thing about that. They're trying to get a tug out there. The, right. The port. This ship is so big. The the nearest port is not large enough to handle this ship. Uh, it has to be taken back to Europe or to the Bahamas. And there's you know, listen, there are no tugs out in the Atlantic Ocean big enough to pull this thing. Right. So it's going to take a while to get that thing. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on this story yeah. for sure. Um, oh, now listen, Bud. You you got to uh, you. One of your fun parts of doing this job is the sweet ride of the week every week, and somehow you always come across some pretty badass cars. Yeah, this one kind of fell into our lap. Um, Tommy Ray came uh, came by the studio, and he he's uh, he's got his body shop out there on uh, Getwell. He's dri his daily driver is a Chevy SSR, and uh, for those who don't know, this is uh, like sport pickup that is based on like the Chevy S10. It's got a big V, it's got the 5.3 V8 in it. The last year they made these, they only made them from 03 to 06. Uh, they made about 9,000 of these things. And the the last year they put a 6.0 in it. But um, It's got the body though, it looks, of your uh, HHR. Well, it's one of the reasons it? I love these. It's one of those retro throwback um, like modern cars where mm -hmm. it was like modeled after a classic and I love these. And uh, you know, that's why I drive the HHR on a regular basis. They're, they're, it's just something really cool about them where it's like a Lower modern the take ground, on it. But it's got, uh, and the bed of it is covered? Yeah, the, the, the bed of it's not only covered, it's carpeted. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's just a really big trunk, that's... but he said he traded in uh, his his Corvette for it. I, uh, I hadn't a chance to uh, 
uh, to interview him about it, fortunately. All right, so I got Tommy Ray here from Ray's Automotive, and I had to intercept you because you were just getting done with the uh, Real Deal Racing Report, guys, and I saw you drove this SSR in, and I just had to ask you about this thing. So you said you just picked this thing up? Yeah, I got it about uh, four or five weeks ago. My daily driver was a Corvette, and, uh, of course, I'm 66, and I was, you know, you got to fall in, climb out, one of them situations. And uh, right. time I work all day, you know, beating fenders, uh, got a body shop. Mostly, that's what we majorly do is body work. And, uh, you know, getting home in the afternoon, I said, oh, my gosh, I got to climb in it and climb out. You don't get this. in, you put it on. Right, pretty much. And I wanted something snazzy, something different. Uh, I've always had kind of unique stuff, you know. And They so, certainly are something different. I drive an HHR as my daily driver, and once I started driving that thing, I kind of fell in love with these because I like S10s. They're great pickup trucks, and these things kind of stood out, and they really, I don't think they get as much, like, love and adoration as they deserve because, uh, I mean, they're pretty quick, right? I mean, they got, like, a, the 5.3, and then they went up to, like, the 6.0 in the later models. Yeah, mine's got the 5.3 in it and all. Uh, I'm probably going to put a tuner on it, you know, Mm-hmm. juice it up a little bit or whatever but i mean it runs really good it surprised me how good it did run and rides i mean just rides like a car acts like a truck you still yeah. got the, the bed in it you know you actually put things in the bed i assume people never use it for a truck so well <laughs> I, I put some race car parts in it the other day that i picked up at, at rick's powder coat matter of fact yeah, yeah, so. if there's any if there's anything to use it for <laughs> right um, so does but that, I mean, is that the convertible they're, are they all convertible yeah uh the top folds back down on it so you know you can be going you know you got a convertible you got a car you got a truck i mean it's kind of a multi-purpose deal and it kind of gives you the old retro look of the 50 model chevrolet right. in the front and stuff like those that. those are some of the best looking uh classic trucks they are so i, really I mean like they had that. the right idea with modeling them after that they did and, and uh, you don't see a bunch of them you know no you uh, don't that's that's why when i saw it in the parking lot this morning i was like i know i gotta talk to whoever's got that thing guy told me he said you gonna make that your daily driver i said yeah you know i've been driving a corvette you know and i had oh five and oh two and i got rid of both of them you know from a corvette to to an ssr that is so cool uh are you concerned at all about parts because i know they only made this thing for like three years and three or four um, years yes is is there a concern with being able to maintain it i'm sure body panels are going to be a nightmare if you need hopefully you won't need them but like um i'm sure the engine they've they've put in plenty of other cars i think that's the same one they had in the monte carlo ss right but i imagine um uh maintenance or at least uh suspension parts are probably going to be kind of a pain well as far as all the suspension stuff motor stuff transmission stuff not really a problem at all. Now, when I bought it, it did have a broken taillight. Okay. And believe it or not, the taillights one thing are discontinued. You can Imagine find them my on, shock. You can find them on eBay for four hundred dollars a piece. Jeez. Well, I had a buddy uh, in the salvage yard business, of course, and I uh, called him and he says, "Let me do some checking," and I found one in New Mexico. So I give one hundred seventy-five dollars for a taillight. Jeez. And other than that, I really haven't found nothing. You know, like brakes and. Water pumps and belts and hoses and all that stuff's real plentiful right now. Right. That's no yeah, problem. They used Body it. parts, a lot of them are discontinued, but you can go on. You know, the internet's so good nowadays. You can go on the internet and find anything you want. Just yeah, about. I found a tail light for my '72 AMC Matador station wagon. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so. But no, that's really cool. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about it. That thing is really cool. I definitely gonna have to get some pictures. They'll be up on the Facebook, of course. And uh, Tommy Ray, thanks for uh, giving me some time to talk about this SSR. Appreciate you. Thank you. How about it, man? How about that sweet ride of the week? Uh, listen, if you're driving a, what you think is a sweet Mustang, you got to listen up because there's been a recall this week, and we want you to know here on the Motor Miles about these safety recalls when uh, when they when they hit. And this is a recall 
on the Ford Mustang, there are 330,784 of these Mustangs that are on the road. And again, the manufacturer year is 2015 to 2017. These are the model years. And there are concerns about the wiring in the rear view cameras. Okay, it could either uh, get too dim or just simply cut out altogether. But what they're more worried about, I believe, is the faulty wiring. It's, right. Like, you know, it, that's like you know, you might think to yourself, like, oh, I can get away, I can get a, get around without my rearview mirror. Or right. my, I'm sorry, my rearview camera. But if if that that's an indication that something might be going bad. Well, and where the problem seems to be, according to Ford and the reports on the complaints, is the issue is stemming from wiring harness inside the trunk. Right. And when you're closing the trunk lid, it becomes loose or damaged. And the fix is, uh, it seems pretty simple, and it just involves replacing the deck lid harness for this thing. Uh, and this goes to, when, when do you need to worry about these recalls? Uh, again, <laughs> this is the this is the Ford Mustang, uh, year 2015 to 2017. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm proud about doing this, because someday I may get in an accident and regret doing this. But it's the gamble. It's the risk. I keep getting the notices about my truck and the airbag in it, the passenger side airbag. Need, right. There's been a recall on it. And uh, the only reason I keep bringing this up is my when my daughter keeps bringing it up to me and she's like so you want me to get in your truck again and ride on the most dangerous side of your truck and I'm like what are you talking about she says this airbag is supposed to you know she knows she's seen the mail yeah. she's seen the letters <laughs> I mean you can just take it in they don't charge you anything it's, it's not as bad as it's not as bad as the Toyota Echo <laughs> well that was the let, let me ask you about that real quick before yeah. we get into the Echo is it as simple as just taking it in because I feel like I'm going to take it in and I'm going to get roped into something else well we, we fixed the airbag but while we had it we found a bunch of other stuff that that is directly proportional to how long it's been since you've had a mechanic look at it because however many miles you put on it however you, long you've been driving la it. you're the mechanic you're the last yeah. mechanic that's looked at my truck <laughs> so <laughs> Th then yes yeah. so uh but again that that was back the to your tires again that man. was the massive airbag recall that uh recall that happened it wasn't just my dodge truck it was it was the company that made those airbags that is the recall that i'm still dealing with but there over time there have been some pretty pretty crazy recalls no, my, my favorite example is in 2003 there was the toyota echo the, the cruise control would get messed up and it would pin the throttle open. And then at the same time, those things had garbage brakes and they had uh, like a faulty, um, something to do with their with their uh, power brakes, it, it would go bad. So like worst case scenario, your throttle gets pinned open and then you can't stop the car. That's <laughs> so, not a recall you want. If in my opinion- Don't put that one off. And Although in, don't drive a Toyota Echo to begin with. In my <laughs> opinion, the entire Echo should be recalled. That was one yeah. of the goofiest looking cars Ugly. out there. Listen, if you're driving one, bless your little heart, okay? <laughs> Nothing against Toyota. They're fine cars. The Echo, though, was one of the automotive mistakes. And if you're ready to upgrade, call us. We'll put you in touch with someone who'll take care of you. Uh, yeah, the 2003 Echo. Here's a story on the NHTSA website. It says, while I was driving 15 miles an hour, the uh, car accelerated rapidly on its own. I pushed the brake pedal as I approached a red light, and nothing <laughs> happened. Yeah, that's that, like, all the planets align for the worst possible scenario. Most people dealt with one or the other, but to get both happening at once, oh, like... Oh, man. That's when... And so the, the, the person who was complaining uh, in this particular story at the NHTSA said that they found a driveway... Pulled the the car rolled into the driveway and they shut off the ignition uh, and the car had sat there until they got it towed and they found out that it was part of this recall. You don't want that to happen. That's, you that's worst case scenario. That's the that that answer is you can't ride that one out. Go and get that looked at. Right. But again, you shouldn't be driving a Toyota Echo these days anyway. <laughs> when you get a letter in the mail that says, "Hey, there has been a recall on your car," pay attention to it yeah, sooner sure. rather than later. And again, it's not going to cost you anything. And yes, they might. Point out something, but heck, they might point out something you actually do need, like your tires did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we know I need new tires, that's for sure. 
All right, man. We appreciate you listening to the Motor Miles. If you missed any of today, you tuned in late, you can hear this. We're going to post it on uh, on our uh, on our uh, podcast page. Yeah, on Spotify. You can Spotify. also find it on themotormiles.com. All right. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Miles. We'll talk to you next week here on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis.